What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Ubuntu podcast. Today, I have a chat, a roundtable discussion with some of my bestest friends from Copenhagen that I met whilst studying my master's. We just talk about moving to a new country, meeting new friends, being in unknown environments, and then the entrepreneurial avenues which each of us have explored post education really really great chat hope you enjoy it let's get into it surroundings no well that's fine because this isn't a fucking meditation it's a nutrition podcast but if you want to do all those things it would be great and really be present and listen to my voice but anyway welcome to the podcast people my name is patrick and this is the ubuntu podcast it's not the ubuntu nutrition podcast anymore because i want to start expanding the content and the topics I cover. Okay, so today we're taking a little twist, right, on the topic of changing topics. We're not diving into nutrition area here. I'm actually going to have a chat with some of my closest friends that I met over in Denmark whilst studying my master's. Okay, so that was about two years ago, and we've remained close ever since, you know, and why did I put this together? couple of reasons first off i know that there's a lot of people where you might be coming out of secondary school you might be young coming out of secondary school and you don't know really what you want to study you think nutrition or exercise science or health science seems a bit too airy fairy and it's not tangible enough to give you a real job or employment prospect after or if you're coming out of a bachelor's degree and you want to shake things up you don't want to go into a master's in ireland or america or wherever you are uh, you just want to put yourself in a new environment but you are apprehensive you're a bit scared fearful you don't want to go somewhere on your own you want to have your group of friends around you you want to be comfortable in that environment why waste a year or two in an unknown environment with no friends that's not going to be the case i promise you as i'll hope to convince you and i'll hope the guys will help to convince you in this podcast you'll actually make a lot of really really good friends and yeah so the other reason is because when we're talking about nutrition and being a nutritionist or in the area of health science yeah the employment landscape or job prospect kind of environment can seem daunting and it doesn't seem like there's a lot but that's because you're looking at one role a nutritionist the four people on this podcast including myself have straight out out of the masters gone down four different avenues okay they might be slightly related but four very different entrepreneurial avenues and that's kind of why i want to have this chat to show you the different possibilities that can open or be available to you and these are just some of them if I had everyone on the, the master's course, you know, maybe our our group of friends, there was about 20, 25 of us. If I had all them, you'd be like, holy shit, this is what you could do with a degree? 
with a nutrition degree? Wow. There are so many different possibilities. Okay, so if you're coming out of college, you're like, okay, I'm applying to all these nutritionist jobs. Yeah, you're going to have a tough time. But if you get creative with it, if you upskill and become more dynamic, add to your tool chest, there's a lot of possibilities. Like, you know, I do consulting for a supplement company. I coach myself. I'm a performance nutritionist for uh, Gaelic football club teams and a Gaelic county team. What else do I do? What else? I speak. So I'm turn. It's it's actually called a nutrition specialist here in the states for a perform a performance company called O2X Performance, and we go around to tactical athletes, tactical centers. So firefighters, police, military, medics, uh, the navy. So we go around to all those and we do talks. So as you can see, you might not term any of those nutritionists. Or you might term all of them nutritionist. But they're very dynamic roles. And I tell you guys, it's so fun. Every day I'm doing something different. It's, it's amazing. So anyway, with that said, I don't want to keep you any longer. I just really, really want to emphasize that studying abroad can, can potentially be... And look, it's not for everyone, for sure. I am a bit biased in that I, I was someone who, you know, I liked my routine. I liked everything the same. And it was my sister who went away after leaving search. She went away and volunteered for three months in Fiji. She kind of opened my eyes to like the things that are kind of outside of Ireland. And yeah, after my bachelor's degree, linked up with Colin, who's on the podcast and just fucked off. To be honest, we just left. And it was one of the best things I've ever done. I made great friends, yes, but I also learned a lot about myself and how I interact in different environments. And it's really, really carried me in my professional and also social life and personal life. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I really hope you do. Let's dive in. Ah, lads, I'm sorry. I have to tell you one last thing. It's a disclaimer that you guys know my audio fidelity is usually quite crisp. It's something I pride myself on because I understand you're putting me in your ear Ooh, that was weird. You're listening to my voice in your ear for up to an hour. So I want to make sure that that actually is of high or at least appreciable quality. But we were in four different countries during this call. We were in, well, actually, no, we were in three different countries. Sorry. Heidi was in LA, not LA, Cali. I was here in Boston. Colin was in Denmark and Gucci was in France. The connection was not great. Okay, so some of the audio was a bit messed up. There was a slight delay every now and then. But just know that the quality of the content should allow you to rise above it and get over the the shitty quality at points. But most of the most of the call is actually pretty good. Okay. Just wanted to let you know that not all my podcasts will be, you know, sounding like we're doing it from inside a tin house. Okay, let's dive in. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Ubuntu Nutrition Podcast. I'm excited today because I have some of my bestest friends on the cast. So we are welcoming Colin Daugherty, Heidi Truong. Am I saying that right? 
Strong. Strong. And Gautier Wimbert. Wimbert. <laughs> yeah. Wimbert. Just call me Gucci. Much easier. Gucci. Yeah, we call him Gucci. Okay. <laughs> Jesus, I didn't realize I was going to go into last names. <laughs> Fuck that up. Anyway, lads, before I get you to introduce yourselves, the one rule I always have on this podcast is I don't edit or cut. So if you fuck up, we're rolling right with it and it's going up there, just so you know. Unless the internet lags out, then I'll just stop it and I'll have to cut that out. There are okay. no fuck up. Okay. <laughs> so what we're going to do is we're going to just go down and introduce all three people. We'll let them say who they are, what you're currently doing now, um, just a tiny bit on, like I suppose, what your career is um, and where you are in the world. Okay, so Heidi, you want to take it away for us? Sure, sure. Um, so what I'm currently doing now, I, uh, well, right now <laughs> I'm in San Diego. I'm actually just training jujitsu uh, because of the pandemic situation. But prior, I studied food innovation and health. Um, so it's kind of a mix of human nutrition, uh, entrepreneurship, and food science. So I did take the entrepreneur route. And I developed and I uh, created a company shortly after I graduated uh, to develop sustainable food products. So just making eco-friendly -friend, uh, eco alternatives for common food items. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so that's why I decided to go to Copenhagen was for this unique degree. And I just thought it'd be a valuable experience. Um, and obviously it's turned out to be because I've met some of my very good friends who are here to, with me today. Great. Sorry, I had to mute my mic because I have some noise in the background. Yeah, so Gucci, what about yourself? Yeah, so I am currently in southern France, where I'm actually from. Um, I went to Copenhagen about two years ago with uh, all of you guys to start a, a human nutrition master. And I graduated in October. And since then, I started a company uh, that is focusing on sports nutrition that uses insects as a uh, vector of uh, proteins, fiber, and, and uh, a bunch of uh, good nutrients. And the reason why I did this, it's because insects are very sustainable and very high quality. So, so that's my goal to develop very uh, high quality products for athletes. And uh, yeah, that's what I've been focusing on uh, right now in the past, I would say six months. Uh, there's still a lot of work to do, but uh, but it's taking uh, it's taking the it's taking some time, but uh, yeah yeah excited about uh, what's gonna happen in the future. And tell me what's so you're basically you started that company and what's your flagship uh, product? So we have created a um, a protein pancake mix. So basically, you have the powder which has uh, insect uh, flour, uh, rice proteins, some spelt flour. And then you just mix it with milk. Uh, usually we we use uh, oat milk. Uh, it, it gives a better texture. And so you mix it and uh, you cook it on the pan. And in, in five minutes, you have a, a perfect breakfast. Then you can add whatever you want on top. So usually we advise to put uh, bananas. But very soon, we're going to advise you guys to use uh, Heidi's product and spread them on uh, my pancakes. And the goal is to actually... The goal is to diversify the, the product. So we're going to start with the protein pancake mix. Then we're going to move on to different flavors. Right now, it's a neutral flavor. And then after, we're going to move on to uh, protein bars and uh, some uh, some uh, gels and, and other, other sports nutrition products. Excellent. And then just before we get to you, Colin, Heidi, what is your flagship product? 
Um, so we started out with sunflower seed butter. I wanted to actually bring almond butter and or just other various nut butters to Scandinavia and Europe uh, because it's such a big thing in North America, right? But I, I saw that there could be an opportunity for it to grow in Europe and Scandinavia as well. So sunflower seed is a lot more sustainable, uh, uses a lot less water than nuts um, traditionally. So we're starting there. We'll probably end up turning it into plant-based milk, which is uh, something I'm in the middle of now. And then kind of like uh, Gucci, we have, you know, other R&D uh, products that we have in, uh, in mind for the future. But for now, just the spreads and I'm kind of mixing in like um, California and uh, Scandinavian flavors just to try and bridge the gap there and make a product that everybody is on board with. Awesome. So yeah, if uh, you didn't hear Gucci's in Southern France and Heidi is in California, and now we come to the only remaining individual in Denmark who's still in Denmark, Colin, tell us a bit about yourself there. So yeah, I am in Denmark currently. I am from Ireland did a master's the same as Patrick's and same as Gucci in human nutrition. Then after that, I started actually two different companies. One of them is called Informance Nutrition, and that focuses on basically like nutritional education. And then the other company is called Fuel for Performance, which is working primarily with one-to-one coaching with different athletes, helping them with their nutrition, their weight cuts, their hydration plans, their supplement plans, and everything that kind of goes into a high-performance lifestyle. Apart from that, then I do some consultant work on the side and also some work with research and development. Apart from that, train Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu um, and I'm stuck at home for most, for the most part with COVID. So that's kind of me in a nutshell. Staying in the room, not meeting Heidi for coffee, right? <laughs> Yeah. So, or or not answering video calls. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I'll have kind of given, given people the scoop on how we met in the kind of the intro. Right. I would have taken five minutes and told them how we met in Copenhagen, but I want to go through and just find figure out what kind of happened. You guys upon leaving your home countries, leaving the comfort of home leaving the safety of your friends and known environment to throw yourself into a brand new country, a brand new culture with pretty sure with, with the exception of Colin and I, everyone went on their own. All our friends left, you guys all left on your own. And mm-hmm. um, so kind of what pushed you into that? And I suppose we'll start with the opposite way around. So Colin, you want to tell us about yourself? Yeah. So I suppose it's, it might and it might not be a little bit unique, but for me, I was, so I finished, finished up my bachelor's, then went to the States for 12 to 18 months to work um, in a food company. And I actually started up a food company out there, but that's a story for another day. Came back to Ireland then, worked for, I'm going to say, I think it was about 14 months in a supplement company, but I wasn't really happy with my day-to-day work there, what I was doing and kind of how my work was being used without going into too much detail. So I looked at other opportunities in terms of, do I go down one route, which is further education, or do I go down another route, which is looking for another job? So I actually pursued both. But when I weighed up the pros and cons of both, I was kind of like, 
I'm going to be running into a similar problem if I just go and look for another job. What I really wanted to go and do was upskill and basically get more informed about nutrition so I could make my own decisions and I didn't need to be working for a company that kind of told me what to do and how to do it. Mm. So looked for masters in nutrition, sports nutrition, exercise physiology, etc. In Ireland, there's not basically any really that do sports nutrition. There's one in University of Jordanstown, I think, in the north, but that's pretty expensive and it wasn't really in my budget. So then I went and looked in Europe and at the same time while I was looking for, you know, a master's in human nutrition, what I was looking for too was to get experience and research and what were some good countries and or even labs that had good exercise physiology and good sports nutrition reputations based on the research that had been publishing. And Denmark came up as, I think it was like the fifth or something like that um, in Europe in terms of like publications for exercise physiology and sports nutrition. The main reason, just to summarize, why I went to Denmark was number one, I wanted to get away from the current environment in terms of work and what I was doing to shape a different career path. And I guess as a third point, three was to couple travel with education as well. Um, It was always something I wanted to do after spending time in the US prior to going into work. And yeah, that kind of ticked all the three boxes. So that was that was my story. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, Did you when you were looking at courses, did you use any specific websites? Did you go to the universities themselves? when shopping around for the master. So in regards to websites, I don't have any off the top of my head, but basically what I did was just use Google as like my search engine, you know? So went in like masters in sports nutrition, masters in exercise physiology. What are the top rank uh, exercise physiology labs in Europe? What are the top sports nutrition labs in Europe, etc.? Then obviously myself and yourself went over to Denmark um, in April and we started in August. So we went over in April for an open day, if I remember correctly, and kind of got the, you know, the course program, got to meet the course leader and uh, the study head, et cetera, and got our questions answered. After that, we were quite reassured that we did want to pursue the program. And funnily enough, we were kind of worried if we'd get into it, you know, did we have the necessary qualifications and modules studied from our undergrad to be considered as, you know, acceptable applicants for the course so yeah i guess that was what we did and the search engines that we used do you remember what the woman said to us on that open day yeah she was like um oh i'm gonna paraphrase her but she was like oh don't worry about it you'd be fine something like that no <laughs> yeah yeah so we were worried that we weren't going to get in we were tentative going in and we did this open day and then we were worried we weren't going to get in and she just looked at us too foreign lads that weren't danish um and i guess the nutrition area course of study is dominated by females and she just kind of laughed and she's like i'll see you guys in september (laughs) we were like yes but anyway so um in regards to websites i'm going to share some resources but i used a uh, a website called mastersportal.eu and i referred that to many of the people who reached out to me and basically you go onto it you pick the type of study you want, 
you pick the price, you pick the locations, and it'll give you every single course available in those. Moving on to Gucci. What about you? Yes. So basically, me, as soon as I graduated from high school, uh, I was actually still 17 years old, not 18 yet. I wanted to, to move away. I wanted to, to live abroad, leave France for a little bit. So I looked for uh, bachelors uh, in the U.S. because my, uh, my dream was to live in the U.S. So I got accepted to Southern Utah University. So it's a very small university in Southern Utah. And uh, I moved there. I uh, didn't speak English at all, <laughs> not a word. And uh, I actually took a uh, four-month uh, English uh, class. And after that, I was able to take a test, which is called a TOEFL. And that is like an entry test for um, foreigners that would assess if you actually can speak English or not to, to be accepted into a university. So I barely passed it. And then I got accepted to the academic program. So at first I started a bachelor in uh, physical education, but uh, soon I realized that it was not what I wanted to do. Uh, I wanted something more scientific, more uh, with biology, chemistry. And I, I've always loved sports. I lo always loved food and I always loved science. So to me, nutrition was the best fit. So I started the bachelor. Um, after a few classes, I knew that I was like that. That was what I wanted to do. Uh, in the meantime, I fell in love with a Mexican girl. So I started learning Spanish and I also, uh, <laughs> I also applied for a minor in Spanish. So I got like a, a double diploma, master in nutrition and minor in Spanish. Then in, uh, 2018, I graduated from, uh, from that university and I didn't really know what to do. Uh, I knew I wanted to do a master, but I didn't know where. I didn't want to go in the U.S. again because it was too expensive. So I looked for uh, programs in Europe. Uh, I applied to, to one program in uh, Greece, which I got accepted, but it was going to be, I think, 10,000 euro. And it was not even a full master program. It was similar to a master program, but without the thesis at the end. So you wouldn't get uh, the full um, title. And then I got accepted, which to me was uh, uh, weird. I didn't know I was going to be accepted. I got accepted to Copenhagen. And uh, the reason why I chose Copenhagen is because it was free. So for Europeans, uh, studying in Denmark is actually free. And you can get also financial aid. So um, that was to me, that was a deal breaker. I was going to get really good education, really good quality into one of the best schools in Europe and for free. So... I chose Denmark, and after uh, two years, I got my master, and I moved back to France. And uh, yeah, that's that's uh, pretty much my story. You went to America without a word of English? Oops, yeah. So actually, in France, we study English, but as everybody knows, French people suck at English. Why? Because the the teachers don't know. I think they don't know how to teach. Plus, we also um, have all the movies that in French. And that is actually, I think to me, it, it, yeah. it is something we should, we should stop doing because learning English through movies, it is the best way to learn. Um, so my English was awful. 
um, I, I had to struggle. I had to learn a lot and study a lot to, to overcome that. But I remember going there, not speaking a word of English. I go to uh, Las Vegas at the airport, and then they, they lose my baggage. And I'm like, shit, what am I going to do? No English, 17 years old, I'm lost. So I had my uh, small dictionary, and I went to the, uh, the lost and found office, and then I try to, <laughs> I try to, I try to conversate with the lady, and then uh, I, I, I made it, but uh, it was awful. That's when I realized that my English was very, very bad, and I had to work a lot to overcome that. So the reason I wanted to bring that up is a lot of people, I think, one of their main barriers to going abroad is. Ah, it's a new culture, a new language. Number one, there's a lot of European countries you can go study in that speak English. I mean, Denmark, they they can speak fluent English. I don't think it's their primary language. It's not. And they don't love having to speak it, but they can speak it very fluently. But this mofo went to a country that are not very open to new languages <laughs> without that language. <laughs> Yeah, and actually, I went to Utah, which is very conservative. So uh, a few times, people were like, "What the fuck are you doing here? Like, why are you in in Utah?" And I've I felt that some of them didn't want me to be there. One guy actually told me that I should go back to my country when I was done studying. Jesus, uh, because they didn't want foreigners. But me, I don't care. You know, like it, it was it was such a great experience to learn a new language new new culture meet new people and of course you're going to find some some people that are going to be oh you shouldn't be here we uh we won't be here we speak american you know what of course you're going to find those people but that's one person maybe uh a lot of other people are going to be great and uh, i got a lot of help i had a lot of people be very patient with me uh, a lot of teachers helping me it was a great experience overall so i recommend it Awesome. Okay. And then all the way over to California. What about you? What happened to you upon this master's? And um, what did you study? Because you didn't do human nutrition. No. So I studied kinesiology at San Diego State. Um, and I focused mainly on physical therapy. So my classes were a mix of like exercise science, therapy, and I actually took a lot of nutrition courses as well. Um, so I already had an interest in I was mostly interested in like uh, improving sports performance and athleticism. Uh, so I was traveling for several years and doing and working as a personal trainer around the world, um, training a lot of jujitsu. So I was kind of like a bit of a nomad for a few years. And then I think I wanted something in between. I'd been to Copenhagen several times. I had some friends there. I met um, on, on an exchange to, to Istanbul. And I love the city so much that I thought I should study a master's degree here. I think it's a good in-between. I can work on my education, still do the traveling thing, you know, and have a really, probably a really rewarding experience. So I found, I was actually supposed to do human nutrition, um, but I went and saw an advisor at, at KU and they told me about this other program, Food Innovation and Health, which was new. And it seemed like it suited it was more um, suitable for me because I wanted I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur and I knew I just I think I wanted uh, a lot more options with my path so that's what led me to, to Copenhagen actually was 
just I fell in love with the city and I just wanted to yeah be abroad but at the same time have something to do and work on my education so it it turned out really well and I'm in the place that I was aiming for uh, prior to applying. If you're wondering what the background noise there. I think there's a few birds having an orgy behind Heidi. <laughs> Sorry, I'm outside. Yeah. Just taking advantage of the California sun. I, I, I don't know if I'm going to have the video up, but if you can see, Heidi is in the beautiful, it's the morning there. It's 7 a.m. there or 7.30 and it's sunny, splitting the stones. And I'm here with snow outside and we're in the same fucking country. How crazy is that? Yeah. Yeah. You're, I mean, you're like a six you're a few hours away six hour flight five hour yeah flight. it's pretty funny. i think i'm i think i'm closer to to gucci in france than i am to i think California you probably. are yeah 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 it's crazy almost yeah yeah that uh almost not quite uh closer but close. wait out the pandemic i actually do still live in denmark that's where i i, I started the company and i want to grow it there um but i don't want to be there right now for six so <laughs> Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay, so we've kind of assessed why we all went. And I've talked about that myself. So people know why I did. But what were some of the first things or what were your first experiences getting off the plane in Copenhagen in Denmark? So my first experience, yeah, like I was saying, so it was quite unique because I had a job secured before I came to Copenhagen. So the previous company I had worked with had ties with a company that was based in Copenhagen. So the CEO of that company met me when I came off the plane and we went to a bar called the Old Irish Pub for initiation, if you want to call it. Um, yeah, so anyway, a uh, couple of points in, uh, chatting away, learning about the company, learning about Denmark that night. And I was going up to the bar to get the two of us the, the next beer. And I seen this just group of Danish girls. I was like, in a new country let's see uh let's see what field i'm playing here and approached them anyway but they were to my surprise all speaking danish which of course i knew but at that time with a few points on board i was like okay let's see what we can what we can work with here but anyway that was my first experience of um interacting with people in denmark but it wasn't a, a marker of things to come because it was actually quite easy to make friends here because there's a lot of people in your same situation. So there's a lot of people who will come from different countries that are coming there on their own, looking to make friends, have similar interests. And especially when you're studying a master's program, people are a little bit older as well. So at least from my perspective, I found it a little bit easier to make friends with people that I was aligned with because people know themselves a little bit better and you know yourself a little bit better as well. But overall, it's quite easy. Um, the Danish relationships weren't as good. But again, if you pursue them and if you do invest in learning Danish, uh, I'd have no reason to to believe that it wouldn't be possible to strike up some good Danish relationships as well. So that was kind of my first experience and thoughts on making friends in Denmark. So you're unsuccessful in that first encounter but i remember when i i got there you you went off on a big weekend with this group that you randomly encountered so you were successful on the second attempt <laughs> well yeah look anyway moving over to gucci what was your first experience getting off the plane all right my very first experience um i actually i was lost 
Um, I knew I I had booked a room into a um, a, a mo no what is it? a hostel yeah it was a hostel. So because I, I was uh, only able to to go into the the building that I rented I mean the room that I rented only two days after I landed uh, in Copenhagen so I had to stay for two days in a hostel. So my very first day, I go put my luggage uh, in the hostel and then there were like six other people in the room. Uh, no problem, you know, I enjoy other people. I go running uh, for a little bit and uh, walk around in the city. Then I go back and then I see that uh, my bed uh, has been changed. I'm supposed to be not into a single bed, but a double bed. I'm like, okay, it's cool. So yeah, if I have the, the big bed for myself, it's going to be a cool night, um, a cool first night. But I see a second number. So there are two numbers on that bed. I'm like, oh, geez, so I'm going to find somebody else in my bed tonight uh, on the first night. Okay, well, no problem. So I go to bed and nobody's there. And I wake up maybe two hours after and I see a, a random dude sleeping next to me. And I'm like, where am, where am I? <laughs> what the fuck happened? So actually, uh, <laughs> that bed was for two people. And uh, so we sleep, we wake up and I'm like, hey, nice to meet you, you know, uh, uh, we slept in the same bed, but I don't know what's your name. And uh, the guy was very nice, but I didn't want to speak too much with him. Um, so I found a way to leave that hostel as soon as possible. I called um, the the reception of the, the, the student building. And I told them that I wanted to move in as soon as possible into my room. And they told me, okay, actually, we can, uh, we can uh, let you move in a day sooner. So I was able to move in a day sooner uh, into my room, and uh, and that was a fun, actually, uh, quite a funny uh, first day in, in Denmark. Uh, but then after, uh, I felt quite lonely because I was alone for a week. No, none of my roommates were there. Uh, then a, a Australian guy, and then a Chinese girl, and then an Italian guy moved in. So I had three roommates. Uh, all very nice, but uh, we had very, very different background, and sometimes that was a big, a bit uh, uh, confronting. Uh, sometimes we would not agree uh, as much as I would have liked. And uh, making friends in Denmark, to me, I found it very, very easy. Uh, first of all, because everybody in the master was super nice. Um, all the foreigners, actually, I would say. <laughs> Most foreigners actually were super nice. The Danes were also very nice but more shy, like more quiet. It was funny because you guys remember the first few days, the, the, the classes were cut in two. Uh, on one side, it was full foreigners. And then on the other side, it was just Danes. Uh, so I didn't have any problem making friends with uh, you guys. And also what I would suggest, and that, that's what I did. I went to a gym, a boxing gym. And when you, when you uh, register to a gym, you make friends suddenly like this. Uh, people click together and after a few days I had a bunch of Danish friends uh, so I cannot say that I suffered from uh, uh, the lack of friends or uh, friendship there uh, because I was very very um, happy to, to 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 meet so many people and very quickly yeah um, we have our mics our mics muted but God damn it. I was crying. I was crying there in that one. That was, you never told me that story. Yeah, yeah. Man. Something that I want to forget. <laughs> okay, nice German guy, but I was like, what the hell, man? Yeah, yeah. Right. 
a bit about the friends, just back to that. Uh, it's interesting you say that. So, uh, and I'll come to you then, Colin, uh, or no, Heidi, sorry. We, in our group, just like you said, we would sit in class and one whole side of the lecture hall would be Danes. Not that we didn't intertwine with them, but I guess they're, we kind of stayed in an international group, right? So we had our international group and we all became very tight-knit friends. We had two, three Irish, a French person, we had Heidi from America. We had Petra from Slovenia. We had Italian. I'm not going to mention names because they might get mad at me. I just realized. We had a Brazilian. We had Croatian. Another American. Sasha won't mind me mentioning him on the podcast. Who else do we have, guys? A German. Yeah, Jaco. Jaco, uh, who is from Wales. Wow. We really had like different people from different, all different parts of the world. But anyway, Heidi, what about you? What was your first experience? Um, yeah, so I had, I think, yeah, mine was a little bit different because I had already had experience in Copenhagen and I had friends there. Um, like I mentioned before, I had met them while I was on exchange. So I kind of knew the city and I already had a place. I got really lucky with it through some other through another friend I knew um yeah so I flew in it was like pretty seamless I knew my way around um and I had flown in also for one of my Danish friends uh birthdays so that was a really nice way to come in as well um and in general for making friends yeah I think like everybody said like it was super easy to make friends within the at KU just because you're around other master's students and, and everyone's kind of in the same boat as you. Like most people from our programs were internationals. So, you know, everyone was looking for friends. Um, and in terms of like making friends with Danish people, I did the same thing as Gucci. I, you know, I trained jujitsu. So I found a jujitsu academy that I'd already been scoping out and there, I made some really good Danish friends as well, um, along with the, the small group I had. Um, so I found it to be a really positive experience. I think making friends with Danish people, people tend to say it's not easy, but as long as you are quite insistent um, and you put, show an effort um, and you show up quite often, uh, they'll show up for you too. And, and, and they're always very nice and willing to engage Um so yeah, that that was my experience in terms of um, getting there and getting friends over time. So I feel quite comfortable being in Copenhagen, and I do like my life there and, and all the friends I've made. It's yeah, I've been just priceless. Awesome, yeah. I that was the first thing I kind of noticed was you, you you're I, and I mean I had the kind of I suppose the support of Colin because we knew each other going in, but you're still nervous going over and you're any, anytime you're talking to someone, you're like, Oh, I'd love to, I'd love to actually be friends with this person. Cause like, I don't have a huge group here. And it's so crazy <laughs> because they're thinking the exact same thing. And they're like, I really want to be friends with this person. Like you, <laughs> people are both in the same boat because they're all there on their own. And in that way, we, we so well. And I think Heidi was one of the ones that was so, so Heidi wasn't in the human nutrition, so she didn't, she wasn't in our lecture. Well, you were in some of our lectures. Yeah, that's how we met. I mean, yeah, I'm a little bit less, less shy. So I was pretty insistent. I mean, and I think being from 
at least a part of California I'm from, like we all talk to each other and make friends with strangers. And I was already traveling a lot. So I was just used to making friends with people all the time. Um, and I think I just naturally enjoy uh, yeah, speaking with people. So I, I found it to be really fun that I had all these new people and personalities to, <laughs> to, to yeah, talk to. Yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. All right, so just two more uh, areas, and uh, that's pretty much it. Now, without specifics, I know a lot of people would be like, oh, yeah, okay, whatever. You want me to just go study a master's, but uh, I don't have the money for that. One of the big reasons we went away to Denmark, especially for Gucci, Colin, and myself, is because how cheap it was. It was virtually free. Uh, and then there are other things that the government, the Danish government, give right? So there's other uh, programs that they, they can actually, you get like a monthly stipend or whatever you want to call it. But without getting into obviously the specifics, what were the f financial benefits of going away? And we'll go to Heidi first. So for me, yeah, as an American, I don't really reap any of those benefits. So I would say um, it was still cheaper, though, for me to go get a master's degree in Denmark than it was for me to do it in California. So that, that I mean, I guess that is a benefit um, from my personal situation. Um, so the way I survived is I just took out student loans um, and that covered me uh, for the two years that I was there. Um, but yeah, I probably can't speak too much on this because I wasn't able to get SU, which is the grant that's um, offered to all Danish and European students. Um, But again, however, it was far cheaper for me to do this option than it was for me to do it in, in the States. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I suppose for any American listening, yeah, it's going to be way cheaper. I mean, it's, it, wasn't, it wasn't cheap at all, especially compared to what I remember when you told me about it, but slightly cheaper, we'll say. And then for Gucci, what about you? So to me, yeah, just, uh, just like you guys, it was basically free to go to school there. Although the, um, the the housing is pretty expensive and also the, the living expenses are quite expensive um, in Denmark. But if you get a job, it, it's man manageable. Um, to me, I didn't get a job, which I regret now because I <laughs> I thought that uh, my uh, little saving could, could, um, could help me live in Denmark. Uh, but uh, I regret it because I could have uh, benefited from the, the SU. And also, I was uh, focusing way too much on training, uh, and I was afraid to also not have enough time to to study, uh, which was another mistake because I could have uh, I could have had the time. And when I wanted to find a job, uh, it was uh, around COVID, and that was uh, too late. Nobody was hiring. Uh, but yeah, living in Denmark could actually be basically free if you find the job that you like and then you get the SU, which is the uh, like a social um, uh, financial aid that you get from the government. But I'm sure uh, Colin can uh, explain that a bit more because uh, he used it. So yeah, Colin will definitely, he's very detail oriented. He can definitely give you guys some uh, info about the ins and outs because I'll tell you a quick story. Before I even got on the plane, I, I flew from America to Copenhagen when I was leaving. And Colin had been there the week before. And this man sent me about 10 different documents, one of which was the rules of the road for cyclists in Denmark. <laughs> and I was like, this man has done his homework. <laughs> But 
I laughed and I got two concussions from bike accidents, both of which were under the influence of alcohol. So the rules of the road definitely were something I could have used. Anyway, Colin, will you tell us about what kind of schemes you had going on there? I can tell you about all the legal ones and it might cost you an extra fee for anything further. But the first one we'll touch on is, yeah, so the SU. The first thing you need to know is you have to be working a job for a company that is based in Denmark and pays into the Danish economy. Second, you have to work at least 45 hours a week, if I recall correctly. So that's, let's say, what, 11 to 12 hours per week that you would need to work. So if you did five to six hours on Friday, Saturday, that would cover you for your kind of weekly, the weekly amount of hours that you would need to do. I was lucky because the company I was working for was actually based in Copenhagen. But let's say I have an online job and the company was based in Ireland. I couldn't get the SU or the student grant because that Irish company isn't paying into the Danish economy. So it's not paying taxes. So that's the first thing you need to know. You have to be working for a Danish company. And secondly, you have to be working at least 45 hours a month. A good way to think about it, I think, is without putting a figure on it and going through like currency conversions, you'll have your rent paid for basically, more or less. Then second is you can also get another grant that's called, or it's just like housing support that is based on the size of your room, whether you own like a kitchen, a bathroom, etc. And you get roughly anywhere from 60 to 100 euro on that. I thought I had a third one, but maybe I don't. Oh, I guess thirdly, I wanted to say just there is actually a lot of jobs out there. Um, Even if you go to just cycle a bike and deliver food, like there's a company called Walt here and they're always hiring, especially now at the moment with COVID because obviously more people are ordering food online and that needs to be delivered. But there's constantly like part-time jobs popping up. So there is jobs out there as well. Don't get discouraged. Like if you don't get your first or second one, just keep knocking on the doors and eventually they'll open. So in summary, you have your SU, 45 hours a week, needs to be a Danish-based company. Second, you can apply for housing support, depending on the size of your room, whether you have a kitchen and a bathroom. And then third, just, yeah, be persistent and resilient when you are applying for jobs and eventually you will find something. Awesome. Thank you for that. Yeah, I kind of did... I went along that route and like you say, the jobs are, there's plenty of jobs, just be careful with. So I, I worked in a, in an all night, late night bar, the Irish, the old Irish pub that Colin actually went to on his first night. And I would stay up to routinely, I would stay up to 7am in a bar bartending for Danish people who are lovely when they're drinking. They're very like the Irish. (laughs) That was awful. That was six months, even though I made some very great friends and I had some great experiences in that bar. As soon as I had my other consulting job opportunity, I jumped ship. But like you say, there's work in cafes. Like Heidi, you worked in a restaurant or a brewery, right? Yeah. Yeah, I worked in a sustainable brewery. Um, That was a pretty cool experience. And like everybody else said, if you get a job in Denmark, you'll be pretty all right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because the, the the minimum wage is pretty, it's 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 high. 
you do get taxed. It's very high. Yeah. So you do, but, um, so I, so this was something that was positive was I didn't meet the, 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 uh, the minimum quota for the year. So I got taxed, I think only 8% for the year. Um, but yeah, that's of course, because I wasn't getting SU or anything like that, but everybody else, I think it starts around 36%, but even with that, like most like majority of people there i think get on just fine yeah yeah okay well that's pretty much it um what i was going to ask even though you guys kind of covered it without yeah you can go into the companies as well but what career path are you guys on now like the area you know so i'm in i would say oh i don't know what you would call it i guess i'm in consulting I want to go into health, uh, health promotion. So that's one possible path I went down with human nutrition. Uh, I'm going giving talks tomorrow. I, I do a lot of talks and I gain that confidence from giving presentations, you know, doing group projects, having to get up in front of people. We did a lot of those. I remember a lot of mornings, us in someone's apartment shitting our pants going into a presentation. So you gain all these skills. So that was one path I went down. So, Colin, what path did you go down? Yeah, so the I'll give you a little backstory first. So, with the Human Nutrition Masters in year two, you do a master's thesis. But I actually did a research project up at the exercise physiology department because I wanted to go on and work in performance nutrition, sports nutrition, uh, however you want to label it. There... I guess I got a really good insight to whether I wanted to do research or whether I wanted to maybe go down more of a practitioner route or maybe even go a third option and go and work for some sort of company somewhere doing something else. Uh, What I'm doing now is working as a practitioner in sport, but also doing some consultancy and also working with some research and development in terms of creating products is it the right ingredients being used that are right amounts so for example you know is there actually enough of x ingredient in whatever product to elicit said benefit but there's a lot of opportunities and there's a lot of options one thing that i do want to emphasize and obviously i've already stated is you do get that opportunity to go and be involved in research and see if that is something for for you that you want to pursue i haven't closed my door on it whatsoever it might be something i come back to in the future because i had uh, absolutely fantastic experience up at the exercise physiology department but i haven't really experienced going down the practitioner work uh, route working one-to-one with people working with groups and just you know problem solving with people's day-to-day lives so that's where i am at now it might be where i am for the foreseeable future might go back into research might be do something in between be a pracademic as they call it but yeah i guess that's that's where i am now perfect perfect well explained and over to you now heidi what about yourself uh yeah so i decided to take the entrepreneur route as i mentioned before and my main goal is just to I think try and help people improve their lives in terms of making it easier to be more healthy, sustainable, and in general, just happy. I think if we improve people's health um, and quality of lives, like that 
you know, ultimately improves people's happiness. So right now I'm trying to do it yet through this company, but um, yeah, I think for me, it's right now. Yeah, that's what I'm doing, but I also want to include martial arts in, in my career path. Um, I really enjoy education and research as well. So that's something I want to get into is possibly teaching at um, the university level. Um, perhaps going back for my PhD to do more research. Um, and I also focused a lot on how cannabis affects athletes and athletic performance in general um, for during my master's program. So the cannabis field is also one I want to explore. Um, but I think, yeah, I'm a lifelong learner and and just someone who loves to try new things. So yeah, my career path will be all over the place. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's fun to explore. And so for now, I'm perfectly happy just creating and, and sharing. Awesome. Awesome. So that's one entrepreneur, one pracademic. I love that, pracademic. And Gucci, what about yourself? So basically what I want to uh, go into and, and uh, what I see myself in the next few years into the agro-food business um, food production, uh, mass production of uh, healthy, sustainable sports nutrition products. It, can it be with my company or with some, another company? I really don't mind. I love that insect sector. I think there is a lot of future. Uh, the, the numbers are looking great. Um, the EU regulations are actually getting looser and, uh, and more, um, more open for uh, insects on the market. So there is a bright future for that uh, branch. Uh, now, again, it'd be with my company or with, with another one, I really don't mind. I actually applied for a um, traineeship um, program uh, in Brussels uh, to work in the international platform for uh, insect as food and feed. So that's like the European headquarters for um, insect uh, as food and feed. So there I'll be able to make a lot of connections and hell, what if, if I get a job as a consultant or a uh, researcher or a developer or whatever, I would love to take that position and work on my company on, on, the, on the side also because I'm associated with somebody else so we can divide the work. Um, also, like you said, um, uh, Heidi, I would love to, uh, to start teaching. Uh, I gave my first... Uh, master i mean class i gave my first nutrition class to uh, a master class actually last week and it was a very good experience uh so i could see myself doing that like a, as a side gig uh but uh that wouldn't be my main focus some fucking side gig just uh something came into my head right. there when you guys were talking about the entrepreneurial side of things uh, something that all four of us took part in was um this service called the hub the innovation hub, which was, uh, and I'm not sure if all European colleges will have this, but our university for a, instead of two modules, I believe, or three modules for the credits of three modules worth, we enrolled in this innovation hub for entrepreneurs, aspiring entrepreneurs, where you learn how to integrate the science of your course of study. So there was not just nutrition students in there. There were all different students into a business and they teach you about how to start the business. Right. And you bring the science. And I thought that was 
it's something you can't get on all these like online entrepreneurial classes or these master classes because it's coming from, you know, we had our, we actually had our professor, our supervisor, our academic supervisor come into meetings with our entrepreneurial mentor. And I just thought that was really, really, really cool. So um, maybe just a quick, quick note. This is the last thing, a quick note about that. Maybe Gucci, what do you think? Yeah, yeah, actually, uh, we call that, I mean, other big schools would have incubators. Um, and uh, But in Copenhagen, it was called the Science Innovation Hub, but it's really an incubator for uh, startups. And I think it is a really good platform for uh, people that come with a scientific background. We don't have any knowledge. I mean, I didn't have any knowledge uh, about business and how to start a business. Uh, I didn't have any, I guess I had a business mindset, but I didn't know how to um, how to structure the business and my idea, actually. Because you may have the best idea, but if it's not structured, then it's worth nothing. So I needed a lot of help uh, in that regard. And uh, I would say the Science Innovation Hub helped me, although I didn't get all the help that I wished. I think uh, they could have uh, done uh, a bit more. And mostly that I actually did my uh, master thesis um, in association with the science, uh, the science innovation hub. So I did the workshop, like you mentioned, the the modules, and also I used that in, uh, science innovation hub as um, a uh, I would say uh, like a second uh, mentor or like a mentor for my for my thesis. Uh, although I didn't get all the help that I wished. Uh, but I, I got help from a uh, business school uh, here in France, so that compensated from uh, from that. Uh, anyway, that is my story, but I advise it to anyone who has even like a small idea or you're not sure, you you have an idea, but you're not sure it's going to work. Uh, just go there, go to the Science Innovation Hub or the incubator of your school and speak to the business developer or the advisor there, and then they're going to they're going to help you structure your idea. And of course, it's going to be, uh, um, it's going to make more sense once the structure is there. That's perfect. Perfect. All right, guys. Well, I, uh, I really enjoyed that when we actually had all three of you on. Did you want to say something there, Colin? Yeah, I might be mistaken, but have we covered the structure, the block structure compared to a semester structure? We haven't. Do you want to quickly go over that? Yeah, so quickly, at least in Ireland, we have two different semesters, one before Christmas and one after Christmas. In Denmark, mm. those semesters are broken into two blocks. So you'll have four blocks in total, two before Christmas and mm. two after Christmas. And you will have exams every, you'll have four exams, if I'm correct, like after the end of block one, the end of block two, the end of block three, and then the block four, right? So that's that's just yeah. another point to, to mention, I think. And... I'm fairly sure we end, you know, around mid-June and then you're obviously off then until last week in August, 1st of September, something like that as well. Just to add in as one other little bit on the structure. Yeah, it's a really good point because first off, uh, you only do two modules in each block, which actually gives you a lot of time to really dive into the content. Instead of in Ireland, it's five modules in each semester. It's like, how do you, now when I think back, after studying that way, I'm like, how the fuck did I split my attention between five different modules? That doesn't even make sense. Uh, and then the other thing is, which is one reason we're so close, after every block, you have a week off, and we went fucking traveling. All of us, big groups, which was just unbelievable. So 
Yeah, the, the blocks is a very important point. Yeah, I thought that was, yeah, to your point, Pat, like that was really great and gave us all a chance to celebrate our exams, right? That's how we initially became friends was after our first uh, nutrition physiology exam together. We're, we're like, all right, let's go to Spain next week. It's 20 bucks. <laughs> so, it, I yeah. mean, it was awesome for that. And, and that ended up like, you know, being like the, one of the fundamental things that built our friendships because after that trip, which there was like 15 or 20 of us, by the way, um, we kept doing it because then we, I think next we went to yeah Ireland to visit you, Colin and Darren's homes. And then we visited Gucci as well um, in France. And we visited Petra and um, our Croatian friends in Slovenia and Croatia. So it was just, yeah, the structure of it was awesome. And one other thing on the program as well that I think is important to mention is that you can, so there'll be compulsory modules, but there'll also be elective modules. So you can, to some extent, kind of mold your own path for the course. So for example, if you wanted to go into public health, you could kind of pick modules that are more inclined to educate you in public health. And whether it be like, uh, I think another one was like the sociology of food consumption. So like what social factors influence the food we eat and cultural factors. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, I guess that's just the point that it's not, you know, here's human nutrition, here's all the different electives you will do. You do have some control. I'm going to say maybe around 40% control over um, what modules you do take. So keep that in mind as well. And you can see it on the website once you go onto the website and have a look at the program structure. Yeah, yeah, there was quite a bit of freedom with that, yeah. I think that's why I shared a couple more nutrition classes with you guys because I was leaning more towards nutrition than I was like food science. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of freedom and you can also develop your own courses, which I did. Um, and I think some of the boys did as well. So yeah, it's a great opportunity if you guys are considering it. And, uh, if the only reason why you're kind of second guessing is because of fear, push that fear aside and just do it. Because I think all of us here today, um, would advocate and advocate for it and say that like it's definitely tremendously changed the path of our lives for the better for sure yeah that's very true yeah will you guys give will you guys each give a note Heidi gave hers just to the listeners that are maybe thinking about it but not that they're not there yet you want to go Gucci yeah absolutely I mean uh just the fact that we all are doing a podcast together right now says how much you know like it was it was impactful for us uh going there you know we made a a long-lasting friendship uh Mm -hmm. and to me that's one thing that is maybe one of the most important thing about you know going abroad because you meet people from very different uh um backgrounds and then uh you get to to learn a lot uh from those people and then uh somebody's going to bring something to you and then you're going to bring something to somebody else and I think that's that's excellent, and that's what we should also strive for when we uh, we go abroad. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. And what about you, Colin? Yeah, um, I guess there's there's two different perspectives that I'd give here. One, first of all, is from the European perspective. So your pros are obviously you are coming into a program that you're not going to have to pay for, right? So you have no fees. Second of all, if you can secure a job here, you don't have to pay for your accommodation. So 
from a financial standpoint, all you really need to do is look after your, you know, week to week expenses. If you're coming from the US, as Heidi mentioned previously, it's you 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 don't get as much or you don't get anything in terms of um grants from the government but at the same time it's still a lot more cheaper and you do have the pros of you know coming to a different country being exposed to new people who have different outlooks who will challenge you in different ways and you'll get to learn a lot about yourself because you're removed from your comfort bubble of you know where you live and your friend circle of where you live as well so you can always go home if you do if you are on the fence and you're kind of like should i go should i not what is life without a little bit of risk? And to be honest, you have four testimonials here that will, I think, put you in the right direction. So, yeah, have a look. I'm sure Patrick will put our contact details in the show notes of this podcast. So feel free to reach out to any of us as well. Yes, I'm speaking for the four of us. And go get it. Enjoy it. There's uh, there's a very, uh, it's a famous quote. Um, a guy I follow, Paul Dermody, put it up and uh, someone asked him what his favorite quote was and he goes, uh, the flight goes both ways. So you're only a flight away from home. You know, it is very daunting mm. to go to a new country, but it's just a three-hour flight from any, pretty much anywhere in Europe, maybe five hours. But like, and that's talking to Irish people, the same as France and America. But the biggest thing I learned was, uh, just like you said, Colin, there to finish up, you learn so much about yourself. And when I look at my previous self, before I went like pre Denmark, I was the biggest dickhead, just so emotionally, uh, I, I was easily manipulated emotionally where like external happenings would just set me off and I wouldn't be able to recognize what's going on before I'm reacting. And then just you guys, the way you, you guys had so much emotional maturity, I learned so much about how you deal with new people, how you deal with roommates, you know, like I just feel sorry for all the roommates I've lived with because I was, I must've been so difficult just talking to people, not taking, not taking disagreements as insults. Um, you know, sharing a home with someone for a week, 15 people, like Heidi said, like we went on holidays where there was 15 of us in a tiny little apartment for a week. And to be fair, I'll remember every one of those trips on the seventh day, we would be walking toward the airport or somewhere and none of us would be talking and just being comfortable in silence. You know, we don't have to be talking all the time. Some of us learned that the hard way, <laughs> but it, there's so many learning points in it. You know, there's so many learning points. You're just put in a new environment. And I really, that's why I did this podcast and I'll probably do a few more on them. Because I really want you guys to just... And if you're in a job, you've done a bachelor's, fuck it. We all did too. We were all in jobs and we said, fuck it. And we went away and studied a master's. If you're in a rut in your job, you've been in your job for two years, you don't even have to go into the field you did your bachelor's in. You don't need to do that. A big skill in life is the ability to be like, hey, no, this isn't for me. Fuck it. I don't care. I'm not letting the four years I've done affect what I'm going to do for the next 10 just because I feel like I have to. Sorry. Jesus. No, absolutely. And I just wanted to say one last thing is like, I've heard a lot of people go, Oh, I'm, you know, 30 years old, 35, whatever. And by the time I finish this, you know, whatever, if it's the training program, if it's the master's degree, I'm going to be, you know, let's say they're 30, I'll be 32. And like, 
32 if you're going to be 32 anyway. So you might as well be, you know, pursuing what you want because mm. no matter what, like, you're going to have, you're going to get to that age. I'm sorry to break it to you. So That's I think so in, true. Yeah, in the bigger perspective, it's like, it's worth your time to do something you actually enjoy and go after the things that you want, you know, because is that you're going to not do what you want to do because of those two, four years or whatever it is, but you're going to spend the next 20, 40 years doing something you know you don't like. So guys, if you're hesitant, like, honestly, just go for it. You one life. Um, every decision you make matters and you can every day is presented with new decisions. So you're always able to change. For sure. For sure. Guys, thank you so much for coming on. I'll end it there. I think we're at about an hour. We will link everyone's details up so people can ask them questions. But thank you again. And great chat to you. There you have it, guys. Hope you enjoyed that. They didn't say bye because I had them all muted or they had themselves muted. So a bit awkward there at the end. But I hope you enjoyed it. That was a really pleasant chat and we might have them on individually in the future just to kind of go into detail about their different businesses and give a bit of insight into kind of what they do within those and just have a bit of crack because it was tough it was tough there we had to mute the other people whilst one person was talking so we were all laughing most of the time <laughs> but you couldn't hear us it sounded very serious with that said, I thought it was it was a good podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. And yeah, have a fantastic weekend, guys. If you're listening to this live, you got there for the official release on this beautiful Saturday. But if not, if you came across this on Spotify a few months later, I hope you have a great whatever day it is today. And... You have a productive day, but not too productive. You take time for self-care, recovery, rest. They're important too. Okay, everyone. Peace. <laughs>